0: Ooh, I think we might have something I think we're I think
1: we're good can you hear me now
0: I absolutely
1: can yay, yay! we figured it out
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right are you ready
1: yeah I'm ready whenever you are
0: If you, like us, clicked over to Sophia Talley's True Crime and Knit podcast expecting to find stories of needle stabbings, crocheted crimes, and other fibrous felonies, you have now found your people. Hello, I'm Natalie. I'm a geologist. I teach geology at the University of Montana, and I'm a little bit obsessed with true crime. I also have a very large cat the size of two uh, that may or may not be a pug in disguise. And my co-host is... I am Ashley, I am a professor at
1: Oregon State and I teach and do research in recreation management. I have two cats that probably equal the size of Natalie's single cat. I'm also a huge fan of knitting and true crime as well as sci-fi and fantasy. So don't get us wrong, we love true crime and knit and the focus on BIPOC and LGBTQ victims are is amazing. We're totally subscribers. But we wanted to know what about crimes by knitters committed with the tools of these fiber artists?
0: Knitting needles have certainly been considered weapons. Recall the rules changes administered by the Federal Aviation Administration after 9-11. Before that act of terrorism, in addition to kn- knitting needles and sewing scissors, you could bring baseball bats, darts, box cutters, and even blades up to four inches long on a plane. But after 9-11, all of these items were banned, including knitting needles. So to the relief of crafters everywhere in 2005, the policies were changed to allow knitting needles and small scissors in carry-on luggage once again. That four year ban on fiber arts in flight lingers in the minds of knitterly travelers. Are my needles still considered weapons? Is a common search term on Google associated with the question, Can I fly on? Insert airline here with my knitting needles. So, do such crimes exist? Ashley was on the case. Within minutes of asking this question, Ashley got to Googling and revealed nearly a dozen news stories suggesting that yes, indeed knitting related crimes do exist and so needles hooks and crooks a podcast about fiber felonies was born to be clear there are still far more eyedrop related murders out there than knitting and crochet but there seems to be enough to get us started at least We didn't want to exclude crochet, yarn dyeing, spinning,
1: or other fiber arts, partly because we didn't want to limit our material, but we also want to be inclusive of all crafty criminals. So our plan for this podcast is to showcase one story or a few related stories each episode, chat about it, chat about what we're knitting on these days and what yarn we're using for that project, and maybe what we're drinking or snacking on too. And finally, as women, we'd be remiss not to mention the extremely sad circumstances of self-inflicted but accidental deaths resulting from the combination of unwanted pregnancy, inaccessible abortion, and knitting needles. While these unfortunate events may be considered criminal acts by certain laws, in particular jurisdictions, these are not stories that we will be covering in our series. However, you can read more about this at a link that we'll put in the show notes.
0: Oh my gosh, as you say that, that makes me think right now about Texas law changes as of like really recently. Yeah. Oh, so depressing. Agreed. I'm so glad I'm not in Texas. Anyway, so that's our intro to this podcast, right? So I guess we should talk about the other stuff that's not <laughs> crime. <laughs> um what are you knitting and snacking on these days?
1: Yeah, in terms of knitting, right now I'm working on a mystery gnome knit-along that you'll probably be very familiar with, Natalie, by Mm. Imagined Landscapes Knit. Um, Her projects are clue-based knitting projects, very whimsical, and the current gnome has been very fun, and I'm using yarn from ND Yarn Company, some mini skeins that I bought
0: a, a few years ago that I waited too long to knit with. How about you? I'm also knitting on that gnome, as you know. I just finished clue four this morning. Sarah Shira's Imagine Landscape gnome patterns are always so fun. I love trying to figure out, and I always get it wrong, what the gnome's gonna look like. I'm using completely random yarn for mine this time around, except for um, one of the skeins is from, oh, I can't remember help me remember the uh, hundred acre Woods series. Oh, Goosey oh, Fibers.
1: fibers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Goosey Fibers. So yeah, I have a Goosey Fibers skein in amongst some totally random stuff for my gnome, but I'm also working well, like one round at a time on the Drea Renee Knits everyday socks um, with some awesome yarn that I got in Alaska a few years ago. It's by Robin's Nest Fiber Arts, and it's dyed with natural plant dyes, and it's really pretty. But um, but they're definitely a, a mindless knitting project that is so mindless that uh, I haven't done much work on them <laughs> lately. <laughs> nice. What are you snacking on right now? Uh, well, right now I'm not snacking, which is good, But um, but I accidentally allowed myself to purchase bulk Reese's Pieces at Winco yesterday so um so naturally that was a part of breakfast and also dinner last night and (laughs) they'll be gone probably by the end of the day which is a little embarrassing but they're so yummy I love Reese's Pieces nice (laughs) What about you? Uh,
1: Nothing currently, but we did some grocery shopping yesterday, and it's my favorite time of the year at Trader Joe's because they have jack-o'-lantern JoJo's, which are like Oreo-esque cookies. So we are basically going through a box of those a week, mostly me eating eating those. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I'll be
1: sad, but also happy maybe in some way when the October season of Trader Joe's foods are over. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I totally hear you on Oreo-esque cookies or Oreos <laughs> in general. They seem to have this you-can't-eat-just-one-cookie-out-of-the-bag situation. Yeah. So I'm also prepping because it's Sunday and I have to prep my meals for the week because I don't have time to really cook while I'm teaching. And i uh, making this recipe that I sent you a picture of, the farro and feta bake and broil, supposedly, if your broiler works. So I went and bought the ingredients, mostly as per what it said on the recipe. And it called for an eight-ounce block of feta, which I've never bought a block of feta before. So I did. And the instruction is to cut it up and into small pieces and sprinkle <laughs> it over the top. I'm so annoyed. I could have totally used crumbled feta. Yeah.
1: Nice. <laughs> now, now you know for next time for food prep, you don't have to go through that step of buying a giant block and crumbling it yourself, essentially.
0: Yeah, exactly. I could totally have just bought crumbled feta. And I didn't even, I just, I don't know why I assumed that the block got cooked whole, but I randomly assumed that. So I had washed, I washed my dishes as I'm doing things. So I'd already washed the cutting board and the knife. And then I got to that instruction. (laughs) It's like, what? So I had to re-dirty it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I hope it tastes good, but. It looked delicious. so I will report back. Well, I guess we don't have a schedule and let's not make one because that'll be stressful. <laughs>
1: That's That sounds good. So we'll plan on episodes when we get to them semi-regularly maybe, but no schedule.
0: Yep. We will intermix murders with other fiber-related crimes as we go. Yeah. Looking forward to it
1: and, and hope folks enjoy it. And Yeah, really looking forward to being able to doing this with you, Natalie. It'll be so fun.
0: Yep. Same. Back at you. Well, let's call it good for our introduction, I suppose, and see how the editing goes. (laughs) Sounds great.
1: Happy knitting and don't stab anyone.